Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. This week, we began looking at some of the things that we learned and saw as we visited a number of historical sites pertinent to the history of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. In July of 2022, we flew into St. Louis, Missouri, and then drove up to Nauvoo, Illinois. That was myself, Eric, as well as a friend of ours, Trevor Wolf. We wanted to take in a lot of the historical sites just to hear for ourselves what the tour guides were saying about their history and hoping to get into some conversations with the individuals we met. And the Lord certainly blessed us in that area. We had a number of opportunities to share the gospel and to share what we understood Mormon doctrine to teach. And that led to some very interesting discussions. Well, on Friday, July 15th, we went out into a grove, which is in the lower area of Nauvoo, to listen to a gentleman, an actor, if you will, give us the King Follett Discourse. Now, this was only going to be a 15-minute rendition, so we obviously knew we were not going to hear the entire sermon that Joseph Smith gave on April 6, 1844, a very controversial sermon, but we knew it was not going to be complete. But I was very interested to know what parts would be left out by this actor. Now, this was not the first time that I've heard a rendition like this. Years ago, when I was in Nauvoo, I heard another gentleman do the same thing. It wasn't the same one as the one we were hearing on this particular day, but I felt that it was not wrong to record this individual to hear what he had to say. And then what I did is I listened to his recording while following the transcript of the King Follett Discourse, making note of what he did not include. And I found that to be quite telling. Now, you have to understand that this discourse, as I said, was given by Joseph Smith on April 6, 1844. There were a number of men who were there recording what Joseph Smith was saying. They were Willard Richards, Wilford Woodruff, Thomas Bullock, and William Clayton. So between these four men, we have a pretty good understanding of what Joseph Smith actually said. A lot of the very controversial aspects of this message were naturally left out. A lot of the, what we call the more arrogant statements by Joseph Smith, you don't find them in this this rendition. But I wanted to go through some of the things that we did not hear just to show why this message as it was toned down would probably not be offensive to most non-Latter-day Saints that were listening to this account. Now, again, this was a sermon that was given by Joseph Smith, and it was a funeral sermon for a man by the name of King Follett. That was his name. 
we listened to this message on July 12, 2022. He starts off pretty much saying everything that Joseph Smith said when he began this message. Beloved saints, I will call the attention of this conversation while I address you on the subject of the dead, the decease of our beloved brother, Elder King Follett. Now, he does not include the part where Joseph Smith said that King Follett was crushed in a well by the falling of a tub of rock. That's how he did die. He was digging a well, and a bucket of rocks apparently came down and and hit him, and he eventually died from that. But he did say that what he's about to speak on has more immediately led me to that subject. I have been requested to speak by his friends and relatives. And so he was disposed to speak, he says, on the subject in general of the dead. But that's not the only topic that was in the sermon. Smith goes on to talk about the importance of having an understanding as to who God really is. And this is a portion that he did leave out. Joseph Smith, in his original message, said, It is necessary for us to have an understanding of God himself in the beginning If we start right, it is easy to go right all the time. But if we start wrong, we may go wrong, and it will be a hard matter to get right. Now, that's a telling statement on the part of Joseph Smith. We might even agree with what Smith is saying here. If you begin in error, you're probably going to continue in error. If you begin with what's true, you're probably going to go in the direction of truth. That portion was not related by the actor, even though it is an important portion of Smith's message. Skipping several sentences, the actor goes on to say, If men do not comprehend the character of God, they do not comprehend themselves. But he does not mention the next sentence, where Smith said, I want to go back to the beginning and so lift your minds into a more lofty sphere and a more exalted understanding than what the human mind generally aspires to. Eric, does that sound a bit cocky, you Hmm. would say, that he's going to be able to go back to the beginning and fill in details that nobody seems to have? Well, this is why I'm sure this sermon is so edited. Now, naturally, he only has 15 minutes to give this sermon. I'm not surprised that this actor leaves out a lot of these things that we would catch on to and probably would be offended to hear. And this man is speaking to a crowd that I assume are mostly Latter-day Saints. Oh, there's no in doubt In fact, about I, it. I even recognize some of our tour guides that we had had earlier in that day and even earlier in the week. So many of these people are volunteers that are working there in Nauvoo. You mentioned the boastful nature of what you just cited there, but this whole sermon is filled with that. I'm appalled when Latter-day Saint uh, scholars call this the greatest sermon ever preached by Joseph Smith, but it it's the one sermon that is being talked about here in Nauvoo. They're not preaching any other but the King Follett Discourse. This gentleman who is acting as Joseph Smith goes on to say, my first object is to find out the character of the only wise and true God and what kind of being he is. And then he skips several sentences, including this one. 
Every man has a natural and in our country a constitutional right to be a false prophet as well as a true prophet. If I show verily that I have the truth of God and show that 99 out of every 100 professing religious ministers are false teachers having no authority while they pretend to hold the keys of God's kingdom on earth and was to kill them because they are false teachers, it would deluge the whole world with blood. I will prove that the world is wrong by showing what God is. I am going to inquire after God. Now, I'm not surprised that that portion was not included in this edited rendition, because that certainly would cause a lot of people who are not familiar with the claims of the LDS Church to realize, hey, that's exactly what they do believe. They do believe that out of all the professing religious ministers that are out there, as far as they are concerned, they have no authority, and they are, in fact, false teachers in any area where they might speak, write, or preach that goes against what Latter-day Saints are told to believe today. Well, this sermon goes on where Joseph Smith does say, and this actor does recount, for I want you... All to know him, this would be speaking of God, and to be familiar with him. And if I can bring you to a knowledge of him, you will then know that I am his servant, for I speak as one having authority. But then he leaves out the next sentence. I will go back to the beginning before the world was to show what kind of being God is. What sort of a being was God in the beginning? Open your ears and hear, all ye ends of the earth, for I am going to prove it to you by the Bible and to tell you the designs of God in relation to the human race and why he interferes with the affairs of men. God himself was once as we are now and is an exalted man and sits enthroned in yonder heavens, That is the great secret. You know what they call that, Bill? Blasphemy. Exactly. And yet this was not a part of this edited rendition, and I think for good reasons this gentleman left that part out. Although he did cite the very next sentence where Joseph Smith did say, If the veil was rent today and the great God who holds this world in its orbit and who upholds all worlds and all things by his power— was to make himself visible, I say if you were to see him today, you would see him like a man in form, like yourselves, in all the person, image, and very form as a man. For Adam was created in the very fashion, image, and likeness of God, and received instruction from, and walked, talked, and conversed with him as one man talks and communes with another. Now, what Joseph Smith is saying here, I think, is why Latter-day Saints try to use Genesis 1.26 as a proof text that God has a body of flesh and bones as tangible as man's. Notice Joseph Smith says that if you were to see God, you would see him like a man in form, like yourselves, in all the person, image, and very form as a man. And of course, Genesis 1.26 says, let us make man in our image. And they take that verse and they run with it, assuming that the word image is talking about God's 
form, his being, and they draw the conclusion that he has a body of flesh and bones as tangible as man's. Now, it's simple to get the Latter-day Saint to second-guess that conclusion by simply asking, who was involved in this conversation in Genesis chapter 1, where it says, let us make man in our image? Obviously, there's more than one there. Well, Joseph Smith gives us the answer. He says that it was a heavenly father and the only begotten son. This is what he says in the Joseph Smith translation of the Bible that Smith claims he finished in 1833. That can't be true because when this conversation takes place, even Latter-day Saints would admit that Jesus did not have a body of flesh and bones as tangible as man's. That does not happen until his incarnation, which comes many, many years later on. Even Mormon theology would have to say that Jesus, or Jehovah, as he's known in the preexistence, did not have a body of flesh and bones as tangible as man's. Bill, would you say that you're surprised they're continuing to give this sermon in the 21st century? Wow, that's a great question, Eric. It seems odd that they would put it out there for people to maybe go and check it out. So yeah, they do run a risk there. But again, as you mentioned earlier, LDS scholars seem to think that this is one of the greatest sermons that Joseph Smith ever gave. So I could see if they hold to that view, that might be why they think it's so important. However, they're not about to give the entire sermon. No one is going to sit through two hours of this. You have to leave a lot out. Otherwise, you're probably going to offend for sure the non-members that may be listening, but you may also offend some of the LDS members that are listening. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another Viewpoint on Mormonism.